Welcome to another episode of Quilt Buzz, the podcast featuring your favorite folks from across the quiltiverse. I'm Amanda of Broadcloth Studio, and I'm joined by Wendy, the weekend quilter. Hey. And our special guest, Deidre of Lila Bean Quilts. Hello. Now, before we jump into all our quilty fun, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Deidre, and I live right outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. I have three kids, um, six, four, and three. And my first job is an Uber driver for my children. And my second job is quilting. I love that how you said Uber driver for your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So your brand is called Lila Bean Quilts. So what's the story behind the name? Funny story. It actually was my like childhood dog's name and I love her so much. (laughs) And so like we called her Lila Bean and now I have Lila Bean quilts. <laughs> was this was Lila Bean a nickname or was that the the dog's name? It was a nickname. Her name was Lila, um, <laughs> but she was long and skinny, and we called her Lila Bean. <laughs> That's perfect. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of dog? She was a lab mixed with a Doberman. Okay. Oh, she was like blonde, like a like blonde like a lab, mm-hmm. but she had the body of a Doberman. I was under the impression that it was like a dachshund dog. <laughs> You were thinking long and skinny. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so in your business logo, we noticed that there is a yellow dove. Uh, is there a significance behind that? I am obsessed with birds. I love the look of a bird silhouette. I It's so, it's just me. Like, it, I think my name just fits who I am. And even in my living room, there's birds everywhere. <laughs> Have you always been interested in birds? Are you a birder or is it? I don't really like birds, like actual birds. I like the idea of them. (laughs) I like the idea. (laughs) So scrolling through your Instagram feed, we see that your earlier works, you followed a few um, pattern writers. So, you know, patterns by, you know, Emily Dennis of uh, Quilty Love and Susie Quilts. So how did that journey evolve from learning how to quilt to following these designers' um, patterns to putting them, putting together your own quilt designs? It's so funny because I started quilting maybe like 10 years ago, actually more than that. And really because I love to sew and it was like, oh, that's really neat. And I got on Instagram. I never got on Instagram before this. And all of a sudden I was like, putting in search quilting. And those are the first people who showed up. I, it really, it's Instagram's algorithm, which is why I started with them. (laughs) They're great designers. And from there, I was like, I didn't know this world existed. I did. I had no idea that this world existed. And it went from there to how can I do this? Like I have ideas and how do I start? And I'm assuming that you joined the Quiltstagram around like 2016, 2017 when this had happened. Yes. Yes. And, you know, like I and before, to be honest with you, before I had literally never been on Instagram. <laughs> That's a reason to join, I think, you know. <laughs> Did you um? so you mentioned that you you knew how to sew before you started quilting? Where did you grow up learning knowing how to sew or was this something that you picked up later on in life? 
So when I was in maybe college, I want to say, or was I, I don't know, somewhere around there um, in my early, early 20s. I mean, like 1920. And I went to Walmart and I was like, oh, I want a sewing machine. And I bought like the cheapest sewing machine you can find. And then I went to Joann's and they had classes. And so I took this class at Joann's of how to sew. And then from there, I went, took the same lady. I went to her house and took classes. And it kind of just started from there because I had no idea what I was doing. And were you sewing garment patterns or was it other like household accessories or something like that? So I started doing simple like garment patterns and I hated it. And so, you know, when you discovered quilting, what do you think really clicked in your brain that like made you love it? So like versus you mentioned that you you hated garment sewing. So to be honest with you, I first career was <clears throat> a nurse. Like I'm, I have a license as a register, I'm a licensed registered nurse. So when I started staying home with my kids, it really was like, I need something to like stimulate my brain, something that gave me a little challenge because dealing with kids is not mentally, it's mentally challenging, but in a different way. You know what I mean? So I really needed something to like, I needed math. I needed, I was like grasping for something that would challenge me in a way that was kind of relatable that challenged me when I was nursing. And then when you started getting into quilt pattern writing, did you like teach yourself how to write that or did you, um, you know, do a pattern writing course? So I did a pattern writing course. I did two of them. And it was funny because when I first saw, um, like when I first started following Emily Dennis and all them, I was like, how are they doing this? Like, where do you start? And I had no idea, no idea. Um, and so I remember seeing, um, like I think it was Alderwood, her like, um, class. And then it was, but it wasn't in session yet. Like it was like an ad advertisement and I, it wasn't ready yet. So, um, that time of year yet, I should say. And so then, um, later on I saw another class and I was like, Oh, there's that class again, but it actually ended up being not the, not her. It was someone else. And I took that class and then realized, Hey, this wasn't it. And then I still ended up going back and taking her class. That's actually really good. You got double the, um, the knowledge as well. And I'm assuming that those two different courses would have been quite different as well. They are very different. Yeah. So speaking about still on the topic about designing, um, could you tell us a little bit more about your design aesthetic? So I really like simple things. And also I like things that can encompass like patterns because I love flowers and even though my flower style has changed, I still love flowers. Um, and so I like have ADHD, not going to lie, like it's pretty bad. And so I like things that are, that are simple to make that can keep me focused long enough and that I can do and not take me 10 years to finish because I keep getting distracted doing other things. So you mentioned that, you know, your designs are, you know, fairly simple and easy to follow. So um, we read somewhere that you intentionally gear your patterns towards beginners. So um, what kind of really inspired that decision? I think about when I first started writing patterns and how I was overthinking everything. And I wish sometimes it was broken down even more. And sometimes I was like, is 
like, am I going crazy? And I kept re- like going over my head and it was actually really simple, but to me, it, it didn't look simple at the time. And so I really wanted to gear towards beginners because that's where I started and that's where the passion grew and that's where your passion grows. Like you start, you're like, wow, this is amazing. And I want people to feel what I felt without being frustrated and what does this mean kind of thing. And do you find that as you're writing your um, your quilt patterns, are you more like diagram focused or, um, you know, good balance between diagrams and uh, wording? I, I like diagrams. I mean, I do both. I, there's a good, there's a balance of both because for every like, you know, instruction, there's pretty much a diagram. And sometimes I do break it down many times, like, like first step, second step, instead of it all being together. And sometimes I wonder, like, am I being ridiculous? And just should I just put it all together? Or do people really need it broken down? And I feel like when I was beginning, I really needed it broken down. And so that's why I try try to break it down. So what do you think would surprise people the most about writing for a beginner quilter? Like, you know, what, you know, it could be something joyful or challenging or anything in between that you think people just don't think about when putting themselves in the shoes of a beginner. Whether it's beginner or not. (laughs) I mean, really, as you grow as a quilter, you learn new skills and they become easier. And sometimes I wonder, well, is this easy or is it not? Like, is it beginner or or is it more advanced? And so really just knowing is a beginner or not. (laughs) Do you have criteria that you judge it against? Like, what's your what's your limit of beginner? I don't know if I have a limit per se. I think it's just how far I can break it down without like how short can I make the instructions? And it makes sense because once you get to like long paragraphs or something or other terms other than the basic, like right sides together, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or I do, if I do add it, add something, I'll put like the definition of it in there. Like, this is what this is because otherwise you don't know. You're like, what is that? What is that called? So I feel like, I mean, just writing beginner in general, it's hard to figure out, is it really beginner or not? So, you know, when you're thinking, you mentioned that, you know, you like to put either definitions or, you know, really break things down for beginners. What is like your favorite, um, you know, favorite to date quilting tip or trick that you've discovered that was like, you know, so impactful for your own quilting? (sighs) Tip or trick. I will say my starch. So, you know, if you like cut or make a half square triangle and before you open it, I like a little spray of starch on that seam and then open it and then use your tailor's clapper because even just ironing it out and then putting your tailor's clapper on, it still starts to bow a little, but that starch makes it nice and flat and crisp. And I just, it's, it's wonderful. I've never used starch before. Never? um no, I haven't. I've only used flatter spray. That's as far as it well, goes. Starchy. I I starch galore. Oh, do you yeah? have a favorite brand? I was gonna say, yeah. oh, do you make your own starch? I don't have a favorite brand. Um, I do know that I used to use one from like Walmart, and I have to be careful from that one, like because it changes at least spots on especially Ooh. certain colored um fabrics. But if you use other ones, I mean, you can find there's so many out there. I don't really have a favorite. It's just kind of whatever I have that was cheap and on sale. Are you using aerosol or like a spritz can? So the aerosol one is the one that was leaving. Okay. 
I always worry oh. about those aerosols. And the spritz, I find that I really don't have those spots. Okay. Interesting. Maybe it's the uh, like the aluminum on the can that's closing it. Or maybe know. the, I mean, maybe the sprays are more for like clothing. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. It's the lot, that's the limit of my scientific <laughs> yeah, contribution no to today's talk. <laughs> but yeah, that makes so much sense as like a good, because I feel like so many uh, you know, starting out, the you know, getting things straight and crisp. Mm. Um, that's such a struggle. Well, mm. I, I'm really bad about cutting wrong or um, my seams <laughs> being off, not quite, you know, a quarter inch. And so <laughs> the crisper, the better. When it's like paper, it seems so much easier to cut or sew versus like, just you know cutting your fabric ironing cutting it and moving on wait so does that mean you also starch your fabrics before you cut your squares and rectangles and i do oh okay cool i do i've never i've never tried that either (laughs) to me it makes a world of difference maybe some people it doesn't i think it makes like it makes it crisp and it doesn't i get it it's just so much to me easier to work with yeah okay it saves you time in the long run it sounds like do you like dip your fabric in or just spritz all over your yardage depends what i have time for so Mm. if i'm in a rush i'll spray it and iron it right then if i have time depending on the weather i will Mm. spray it down completely outside Mm. let it dry like on a clothing rack and then later bring it in and iron it oh interesting yeah i yeah, I've never used touch in my life and I find this very fascinating. <laughs> but I also don't live yeah. like in a city. So yes, I have a true. backyard yeah. and I go yeah. outside or in my front yard and I go outside and literally saturate it with starch, let it dry out there and then bring it inside the house. Has your neighbors caught you starching outside? Oh, I'm sure they have. No one has said anything, but I'm sure there's like... <laughs> what is that crazy lady doing? Yeah, what is she doing? Do. <laughs> and then she's like, why is she taking photos of quilts outside? But That's very weird. <laughs> no, you mentioned earlier that you really love playing with patterns, especially florals. So when you're thinking about a new project, can you kind of walk us through your process about, you know, you know, are, are you thinking about a specific print or are you thinking about how prints could work or the scale of prints? Can you kind of walk us through that process? So typically what I do is I usually either have a print in mind or I write a pattern or I design a pattern and I plug in different prints that I really like to see what it's going to look like first. And and I like mixing patterns with solids so you're not overwhelmed with patterns, but I love floral and I love patterns and especially if it has a bird on it, I'll take that too. So um, I really try to focus on the print print more than pattern but really it kind of equals out i really try to find a pattern that fits that quilt block or that that square and you mentioned that um you know when you are putting together like a fabric pool um for a new design you plug in the prints into like a i'm guessing it's a program um what program are you using to visualize that so i use eq8 and I, um, I usually use EQ8 to first design it. Um, sometimes I also use Affinity, but I feel like EQ8 is 
is a little easier to figure out. And then I can transfer it over to Affinity and plug in stuff over there too, um, especially to break down all of the pieces of that block. Um, but I typically use EQA and I can just pull in and I can resize it and scale it to what it's supposed to be. And even though the color's a little off, it still helps a ton. If you don't mind me asking, what is Affinity? <laughs> so um, Affinity is a publisher. It's kind of like Adobe. Oh, nice. So it's, I think I may have heard of this before. It's like a a free version of something a, similar to Adobe. Is that right? It's a paid version, but you don't do monthly. It's like a one-time fee. Ah, okay. Nice. Hmm. So you don't have that monthly expensive, but Adobe fee, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no, it, is, it, it is so expensive. Yeah, it's yeah. very, yeah. very expensive. And so like, you know, one class I took focuses on Adobe and I started off doing Adobe and Adobe is hard to get into. And then the other class I took did Affinity and Affinity to me was more of a reasonable price, especially for those just starting off when you don't want to spend a fortune in Adobe every month. I mean, I was using my husband's student discount like for, <laughs> for it, but like Affinity was more reasonable and you can do the exact same thing. Oh, that's really interesting. I have to look into that because I mean, like I'm, I'm so cheap. <laughs> I'm like trying to use bare minimum Adobe programs, but I'm like, kind of like chained to them. <laughs> they have Adobe, they have affinity designer and a, um, mm -hmm. affinity publisher. Oh, interesting. And I'm assuming publisher is kind of like the equivalent of like an InDesign Adobe yeah. for page layouts. Okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. Letting our listeners know. <laughs> So from time to time in your posts, you share your rare moments of getting time in to sew because you're juggling three kids that are now under six. And so any advice on how to multitask and carve out time to create? So I'm horrible at multitasking, but I try anyway, because as a mother, that's what we do. So um, to be honest with you, I actually have a craft room. I have a beautiful craft room that I'm sitting in right now and I never use it. So I tend to bring everything upstairs because my craft room's in our basement. And I tend to bring everything upstairs into my dining room because for some reason, when I close the gate to my craft room, like a baby gate, not even the door, my kids throw a fit and want to come inside. But when I go in the dining room, no one bothers me. So it's like they have like access to me and they're okay with that. But if they feel like they're closed off, they have a cow. So I usually move most of my stuff upstairs where we mainly are. And that way I can go back and forth between dealing with them and sewing. And sometimes it's just hard. And I feel like I do make more mistakes that way, but you have to do what you got to do. Right. So, I mean, when you have demanding children, it's just, you do your best. Do they try to get involved with, uh, any part of the quilting process? So yes, my daughter, my four-year-old, she wants to sew so bad. And so I actually just let her press the pedal and I put it on my sewing machine, like on the slowest setting. And so, and she's really good at when I say, okay, start. Okay, stop. And she's really good at stopping and starting the pedal. And she, it makes her so happy. She thinks she's really helping and she's like elated about it. But otherwise, I try to be like, leave me alone. I don't have much time. 
And she's usually um, sewing scraps or are you getting involved, like, you know, with just really easy, simple projects? Usually it's when I'm really trying to get a quilt done. I mean, I don't, I don't have time, that much time to do like random projects. And so it's usually stuff I really need to get done. And I'm just like, okay, how can I get this done and have her help? Okay. Just press the pedal. We've also read that you're um, a self-proclaimed crafter. So when you're not quilting, uh, what crafts would we find you working on? Okay. Pre-kids. It would be like, you know, paper, anything with paper, um, bunch of vinyl. I mean, I could craft all day, random stuff, right? Like all day, like paper birds and making my own cards and all that kind of stuff. Now, um, the only thing I have time for pretty much is, um, making my kids' birthday shirts. (laughs) Wait, like, uh, what kind of shirts? Um, sometimes I will like go on Etsy and get a design and then I'll use like my silhouette and cut it out in vinyl and I have a heat press and all that kind of stuff. Um, or like I'll get a design and I'll print it on my printer on a special paper and then I'll heat press it on their shirts for their birthdays. Usually like I'll get custom shirts for their birthdays or like actually for Valentine's day, I get little hearts from like Walmart and I cut out every child in their class, their name, and I heat press their name onto the plush heart. And I put from either like if it's my daughter from Parker or from Emmett, whoever, whatever kids class it is. And so they get their friends get that for Valentine's Day. And actually the preschool that we're at right now, um, it's a new preschool that my kids are at. And the mom was like, she heard me say Emmett. She goes, did he used to go to this other preschool? I go, yeah. She goes, we still have that heart. Oh my God. That's so cute. That is way too cute. Nice Valentine's. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we're actually weeks away from the new year. Um, So do you have any fun projects or goals going into 2024? So I have a free pattern out um, called Fly to Me. And then in February, um, I'm hoping to launch my new pattern, Addison. So look for those out there and you can always go to my website um, to get the free pattern. Cool. That's exciting. New patterns. Um, Okay. So, so on that exciting note, it is time to move on to our rapid fire quilty questions. Are you ready, Deidre? Yes. Okay. Wendy, why don't you take us away? All right. So first question is what's your favorite time of day to sew? Morning. And uh, do you wear shoes while sewing? We don't wash shoes in the house, but I do have a pair of Crocs that I wear. Sometimes I wear those. What color Crocs? Um, they're like every color in the rainbow. Like they're like one of those like tie Crocs. Oh, yeah. fun! Uh, what best describes your sewing speed? Lead pedal or slow and steady? In the middle. If I go too fast, if I go too fast. I ruin everything. If I go too slow, I get annoyed because I don't have patience. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have a favorite snack while sewing? I do not eat while I sew. Otherwise, I get nothing done. And what's one quilting technique that you'd like to try going into the new year? Foundation paper piecing. If you could have any quilting superpower, what would you choose? Um, Superpower, superpower. If I had a superpower, it would be for my needle to never break. Oh, that's a good one. 
Is there a story there or they just, you just break them? <laughs> um, it's my, my terrible habit of sewing over needles. Um, sewing over my pens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I used to wear glasses. I just got LASIK this year, but I used to wear glasses and one of the <sighs> needles shot out and hit my glasses. Oh, that's very scary. Oh, that's you probably terrifying. need to wear safety glasses when you're sewing. I agree. I agree. <laughs> It's a dangerous, dangerous activity, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so what favorite traditional quilt block? I don't really have one in particular. Anything with a star, really. And do you have a favorite color? Yellow. Uh, print or solid fabrics? Print. And do you have a favorite fabric designer? Sharon Holland. And what's your favorite fabric store? Handcraft Happy Hour. What sewing notion couldn't you live without? Um, my stash and sew. What is that? Sorry. That little, like, it's like a cylinder thing and you could put all your like needles and anything you're working with in there. And so that it doesn't end up all over the table and I can't ever uh, find anything. So oh. it keeps it, everything like together. So what is your favorite part of the quilt making process? Piecing. What is your least favorite part? binding and what's one of bad quilting habit you wish you could give up um sewing over my pants <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a quilty best friend the katie from um suspicious yeah we love oh, i just katie. saw her a few days ago <laughs> yeah, she's we have, so sweet we have late night like like so dates oh, that's so much fun that's so cute <laughs> like over zoom yeah it's only pretty much the only time i can get like that's my way of getting stuff done Oh, she holds you accountable. Yes. <laughs> and what's your favorite recent make? Um, recently, it would be my free quilt pattern, Fly to Me. I love it. And how many projects are in your whip pile right now? At least 10. <laughs> and do you have any other interests or hobbies outside of the sewing, your sewing area, actually? <laughs> Um, the whole house is my sewing area, but, um, <laughs> I, so I just went through a stint of like decorating cookies. Oh, fun. Like, like with full frosting and sprinkles yes. and stuff like that. Yes, I took a decorate, a cookie decorating class and then I got like <laughs> bought all this stuff and then, you know, ADHD galore lasted all of like two weeks and then I was like, okay, I'm done. But it was a delicious two weeks. <laughs> yes. Very sugary two weeks. Before we wrap today up, we've got just one more question for you. And that is, who are three accounts you think everyone should be following and why? Let's see here. Um, I would say Suspicious. Love her colors. Love her patterns. And she's fun. Um, Mary Go Round Quilts. Um, I love her because this is, she inspires me to learn to really quilt and learn how to quilt. Um, Lens Avenue. I feel like I love her designs. I love her patterns. She's the one who teaches me how to do circles and she can break it down for you. And I love that because otherwise I would have never tried to sew a curve. She is her curve. Her work with curves are so cool too. She's so awesome. cool. Yeah. Like I love her pattern. Like, and I, it, it inspires me to try the stuff that I feel like I'm so scared to do. 
we need to wrap today up and we hope that you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to contact any of us, we could most easily be found on our Instagram accounts. I'm at Broadcloth Studio, Wendy. I'm at the.weekendquilter. And Deidre. I am at Lila Bean Quilts. Or you can go to our podcast account at quilt.buzz or our website, quiltbuzzpodcast.com for our previous episodes and updates on upcoming guests. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you subscribe to the show and tell your quilty friends about us too. And if you have a moment to share what you love by writing a review on your podcast provider of choice, we'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. Adios. Thank you.